invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me into the Old Testament. For the last uh, six weeks, we have been looking at uh, all the different wonderful stories in the Old Testament of where God has given freedom and victory in the lives of His people. And today we're going to once again see another familiar story, a story that reminds us of how God will give us victory over the, the problems that we face so many, many, many times. When you think of David, and David is one of my favorite uh, uh, Bible characters in the Old Testament. Well, when you think of David, what do you think of? I think of David and Goliath. We've heard and studied that story ever since we were knee-high to a grasshopper. I mean, we are uh, are so familiar with that story that sometimes, because of the familiarity of it, we overlook some remarkable, remarkable truths. And so today, I want to us to look at that very, very experience of David and Goliath. And so we all have those Goliaths, do we not? We all have giants that we face. And sometimes those giants threatens us, intimidates us, bullies us around. And so therefore, we need to realize that through God, we have the victory over that very thing. So with your Bibles open, I invite you to stand with me in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And uh, we're going to begin reading uh, verse 4. Let's, go, let's start at verse 4. It says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Can you imagine? And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you not come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. Well, we're going to stop there. But leave your Bibles open because we're going to study chapter 17 here today. And we're going to see some wonderful, wonderful truths that God demonstrated in the life of his servant, David. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before your mighty presence today, thanking you 
that we can go back into the Old Testament and find that it is as relevant as if it was written this morning. And Lord, I thank you so much for the power that you demonstrated through your servant David. Thank you for the courage that he demonstrated. Thank you, dear Lord, for the way that he stood before that terrible, terrible creature called Goliath. Lord, many of us, no doubt, even this morning, are faced with a giant. And we don't know exactly where to turn. We don't know exactly what to do. We don't know exactly what to say. We don't know exactly what to do in this crisis that we're in. And so, Father, I just pray that you will have a message for us today. Speak through me and to me. May the filling of your Holy Spirit will be upon my life and the anointing of God would speak through my voice and my heart to the hearts of your people. And we'll thank you. For we ask this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There was a valley called Elah. And there on one side of that valley was this tremendous mountain. And there upon that mountain was the Philistines. The mortal enemies of Israel. There on the other side was this mountain. And that of course was Saul and all the armies of Israel. And there you can see that there was a intimidation that was taking place. Because the Philistines had this remarkable giant of a man. Goliath. He standing up. And for 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says, that he threatened and intimidated the children of Israel, the Israelites. 40 days and 40 nights. It seems like as he was calling out for someone to come forth. And back in those days when they would go to battle, that instead of all the armies going to battle and losing many lives, that what they would do many times is that they would take one of their best soldiers and each one of those soldiers would come together representing their their army that they come from. And that there they would fight. And those that would win would gain victory over that other army that lost. And so here... Great big Goliath. Giant of a man. Hurling out these insults to the children of Israel. And there you begin to see that no one would step up to the plate. I can almost imagine during that time as Goliath, as he was up there and as he was hurling out all those insults and threats and intimidations that uh, uh, here's the children of Israel thinking, who in the world is going to go up against him? And they began to talk among themselves. Well, I'm not going. You going? No, I'm not going. No, you, you, you're going? No, I've got a headache today. I cannot go today. 
And the man of it all that should be going was Saul. And yet Saul, he even comes and he tries to bribe someone to come and to come and represent the children of Israel. Why? He said, why, if you will come and that you will fight for Israel, that you'll be an instant millionaire. I'll give you riches. And he says, not only that, you'll never ever have to pay taxes again. And he says, not only that, he says, I will allow you to become part of the royal family. I will give you my daughter. No one. And it was almost as if it was a blasphemy against the children of Israel that they would allow someone to intimidate them and to ridicule them and yet nobody was interested until all of a sudden there was this 19-year-old runt of a fella, red-headed guy. Here he comes And he has been on a journey of bringing instruments and supplies to his brothers. And he heard all this that was going on. And he says, why? If nobody else will go, I'll go. Now, can you imagine here this runt of a fellow? He says, if nobody else will go, I will fight him. And you know the story. He took a slingshot, took a smooth stone, and there he hurled that rock, and it was like a guided missile right between his eyes. And there that Goliath fell dead right there in his tracks. Greatest upset that had ever taken place at place. I I said that it uh, as I read that, it was the first rock and roll. There he threw the rock and there Goliath became rolling down the hill. Oh, my, my, my. What a tremendous story as we study here today. You may be faced with a giant. That giant might be your marriage. And oh, my, my. It seems like everywhere you turn, there's intimidation. There's insults. There is a creation of, of an atmosphere of feeling so low. And you don't know what to do. And that giant is crying out those insults upon you. It may be a relationship with someone else. Maybe that relationship has been broken. It may be finances. Maybe as you have thought and tried to plan and prepare, here you are coming up into a financial great indebtment. You don't know what to do. Could be drugs. Could be alcohol. It could be pornography. It could be a number of things, but it seems as if Satan takes that and that he tries to intimidate you by bullying you around. 
There's been much said today about bullying. And oh, how bullying is, a, is something that uh, we, we fear and something that we may all have experienced from a time or another. I think I, think I told you the story about me being, experiencing a bully one time. When I was a little boy, I was going to school, and every time I'd walk to school, we were just uh, probably just a couple of blocks away from the school, but there was that bully every day would stand right in front of my tracks, and boy, that bully would constantly threaten me, intimidate me, take my lunch money, and there I would find myself almost coming to a point that I didn't even want to go to school. I'd make excuses to my mom and dad that I was sick and I didn't want to go because of those bullies. And then my brother told me, and he says, listen, he said, you've got to stand up to that bully. And he says, you've got to face that bully. And he says, if you don't, that bully is going to ruin your life. So one morning I got all mustered up all the nerve I could get. and I began to contemplate of what I was going to say and what I was going to do. And then that morning came, and then I went right straight to her, and I told her (laughs) that she wasn't going to bully me anymore. My friend, I want you to understand, Goliath is a lot like that, isn't he? We all have our Goliaths, and they will bully us around. But I want you to understand, the Lord tells us that he has given us a victory that we should experience and express in our life. And so therefore, I want us to look at that. There's three dynamic truths that I look in the life of David. Three truths that I believe that needs to be a part of our life if we're going to overcome those bullies, those giants in our life. First of all, as you begin to focus your attention on verses 4 through 11, is that tremendous courage that David had. Now you stop and you think about it. Goliath. Do you realize that guy was nine feet, six inches tall? I mean, just the presence of himself would intimidate you. The spearhead that he, the head of that spear was no less than 25 pounds. The bronze t-shirt that he wore weighed at least 175 pounds. Why, Hulk Hogan would look like a puny against this guy. This guy was humongous. And in your own natural eye, you would think, what man could go up against something like that? And yet the Bible begins to remind us in verse 24. It says, and the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled fled from where they were dreadfully afraid. Dreadfully afraid. These two armies coming together, sacrificing this time together. And of course, as I said, those that would be left standing would be the winner of the battle. 
And the one army would overtake the other army. Forty days and forty nights. Goliath is standing up on that mountaintop, hurling those insults, hurling those intimidations. Now, let me ask you a question. Why does the Bible, why is the Bible is specific about 40 days and 40 nights? Of course, that's rather common in the Bible. But I think it really talks to us about that unless you confront that great giant in your life, he's going to constantly intimidate you. And he's going to constantly come back upon you and constantly come about upon you. You've got to confront him. Here is a little 19-year-old boy, hardly has peach fuzz on his face. And there he comes, and there he steps up to the plate. Look what the Bible says in verse 26 and 27. The Bible says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. David, remember the first time you really get to be introduced to David is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 5 and he's on the backside of the desert. What is he doing in the backside of the desert? Well, why all the uh, uh, older brothers and other men were out fighting the battle, David was doing the minute duty of shepherding. Just a shepherd boy. So, he's back in the backside of nowhere. No one knows anything about this boy by the name of David. And then, of course, you go and you begin to see that in verse 17, he's running an errand. He is taking supplies to his brothers from his father. And then in verse 32, he find him fighting a giant. See the procession? The progression there is amazing because I find this interesting that a lot of times God won't let us fight the big battles until we're really ready to fight the little battles. Until you're faithful in the small things... God's not going to allow you to experience the large things. And therefore, we find that here he is taking David, bringing him before. Can you imagine the courage that this young boy must have had? Well, I think it's interesting that uh, David had to remind Saul of the mighty power of God. Why, Saul should have known the power that 
that God rests upon him and upon his soldiers. But yet David had to remind him of that very thing. I find that so many times in my own life that a lot of times it's the small things that, that, that God uses in my life to prepare me for the larger things. And here we find that in the life of David. David was courageous. And there you find him. You know the reason that what we do a lot of times when we do not win the battle that, we, that God wants us to win is that we run from them. We don't have the courage to stand. But any military strategy is face the enemy and go forward. And my friend, I want to remind you, the enemy is Satan and Satan and the world and the flesh. And all three will intimidate you and will try to discourage you and defeat you every single day of your life. But I remind you what the Scripture teaches. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in this world. And so therefore, David understood that very truth. And because of that, he was willing to face the giant that nobody else was willing to face. But secondly, there is another great characteristic of David that I find here that that intrigues me. Not only his courage, but his confidence. Oh, think about the confidence that David had. Look what the Bible says in verse 25. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? When David said, I'll go, these army of Israel was saying, these men were saying, have you seen who you're talking about going up against? Look what the Bible says in verse 33. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck and killed it. Look here. Saul was saving, saying, David, look. Here's a man that is a giant. You're a runt. Here's a man that is a warrior. You're a shepherd. Here's a man that has a shield and a sword and a spear. You have nothing. And you're planning on going against someone like this? And David responded, hey, listen... I want you to understand, my God is bigger than he. And I go in the name of the Lord. And so therefore, you see how David began to express himself. Oh, he had heard all the talk. He had heard all that was being said. He had heard all that 
trying to convince him for not being the man that he, God wanted him to be. And there the Bible says in verse 34 and 35, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught it by his beard and struck it and killed it. And you know what David was doing? David was an amazing shepherd boy. And back in those days, as out there on the backside of the desert, he was constantly being confronted with wild animals. Animals that would kill you and destroy you. And yet, David went back and he remembered all the times that God helped him to slay that bear. And to slay that lion. You know, I'm afraid Saul has, he's a lot like I am sometimes. I forget the things that I should remember, and I remember the things that I shouldn't remember. I remember my failures quite easily. Hard for me to remember my great experiences of victory. We tend to focus upon our weakness. And we tend to focus upon ourselves. Instead of focusing upon the power and the strength of Almighty God. David said, I know what God did for me yesterday, and in what he did yesterday, he'll do it again today. You want to know what God's going to do for you today? Remember what he did for you yesterday. Go back and think about the times that he's given you victory in the past. Out there in the backside of the desert, nobody had heard of him. But God was teaching and preparing David for this very moment. Preparing him. God was saying, trust me and I'll show you the possibilities that I can do through you. Trust me. Lean not upon your own understanding. As the Bible says. Does anybody have any problems here today? (laughs) Problems, problems, problems. It seems like they're rampant. Heard about this guy one time had a problem. He was trying to be nice to his uh, wife and she couldn't hear real well, but they were celebrating their 50th anniversary. And he looked at her and he says... I just want you to know you've been tried and proven. She spoke up and she said, well, yeah, I'm tired of you too. (laughs) He had a major problem. So many times, if we're not careful, we'll look at our problems and overlook the victories. Look what the Bible says in verse 37. 
David didn't say, the Lord can deliver me. But he said, the Lord will deliver me. Now, how did David know that? How did David have such an assurance that the Lord will deliver him? Because of what God's already done in the past. And not only because of what God's already done in the past, but also because of what God will do in the present if we'll trust Him. And that's exactly what God wants to do in your life. The key to the story is found there in verse 47 where the Bible says the battle is the Lord's. This was not David's battle. This was God's battle. David was not going to fight for God. God was fighting, going to fight for David. And that's exactly what he did. So do you see that courage, that confidence that I will stand when nobody else will stand. And then, of course, there comes that commitment. When you have confidence and you have courage, there God always challenges you to a commitment. Look what the Bible says in verse 40 and following. The Bible says that he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag. Somebody asked, I wonder why he picked up five. Somebody said he heard that Goliath had four brothers, just in case. But he put them in a shepherd's bag and in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when David, I mean, when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth. Ha! This is the best you guys got. It was almost like an insult, or it was an insult, to Goliath. That they would send a little boy to do a man's job. Ruddy, good looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beast of the field. When David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And that all the earth may know 
that there is a God in Israel. My, my. What a battle. I can almost imagine when David picked up his little slingshot, picked up those smooth stones and started walking up. I can almost hear the guys in Israel saying, this won't last long. And they were right. It didn't last long. See, they didn't know, and Goliath didn't know, but this fight was fixed. And David knew that as he was going up there, that the victory had already been won. And oh, he did exactly what God told him to do. The commitment of David. And the Bible says, as fast as I read those verses of Scripture, that's how fast this episode took place. In fact, I believe that as you look at these scriptures that, that to describe this battle, you could describe it in three words. Chunk, plunk, and thunk. <laughs> there he goes, tumbling down that mountain. And I can almost imagine uh, Saul and all the armies of Israel, their mouths were wide open. Wow! What have we witnessed here, the greatest, greatest story, the greatest upset that had ever been. In fact, I, I kind of thought, you know, David was the first insurance salesman and he gave him a piece of the rock. <laughs> and here he was, experiencing the victory that God gave to him. Just a little boy, a slingshot, a little stone, nothing major, no sword, no shield, no javelin. Go back. I want you to see something I find interesting. Go back when Goliath hit the ground. You can almost hear the grass groaning in the valley. How do you explain this defeat? There's only one way. The fight that God gave to them was a fight that God brought the victory. Look at verse 50 and 51. The Bible says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. They ran. Go down to verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put, it his, put his armor in his tent. David had killed Goliath. 
The Israeli army attacked the Philistines. They're on the run. But David does something rather unique. He takes Goliath's sword and he cuts his head off. Now, why do you think he took his head off? You say, well, that was probably tradition back in those days. But the Bible says that he took his head back with him to his tent. Now, I can't prove this, but I have a theory. I believe that if you would go into David's tent about 10 years later, as you'd walk into that tent, you would happen to notice there was a trophy case. And there in that trophy case was Goliath's head, a sword, a spear, a slingshot, a smooth stone, paw of a bear, the manes of a lion. And you say, now, why did he do that? Well, that was his trophy case of the victories that God had given him to remind him of the victories that God will give him in the future. You have a trophy case. I I promise you, you do. I promise you, you do have trophy cases. Go back and remember those experiences that God had given you the victory. Go back and remember the times that you were faced with giants. Go back and remember the times that you were faced with bears and lions. Go back and remember those times and how God delivered you. And gave you victory over those things. We all need trophy cases. Not what we have done, but what God has done through us and for us. I wonder if I might be talking to someone here today. Man, you're struggling. You're faced with a mighty giant. And you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. And everybody around you are trying to give you advice, just like they did David. And yet, David didn't listen to them. Saul was trying to give him a shield. Saul was trying to give him a sword. Saul was trying to give him this and that as a warrior would have when he went to battle. But David says, I don't need that. All I need is what God has given to me, and that is his power and his presence. And I come in the name of the Lord. I want to invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. I just sense there's some people today that are going through some real difficulty and you're faced with a giant. 
And that John is laughing at you. That John is intimidating you. That John is threatening you, belittling you. And you feel so, so, so small against that giant. Can I pray for you this morning? I wonder if by the uplift of hand, you might would just raise your hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, thank you. Yes. Others, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Hands lifted up all over this building. Yes, thank you. All over this building. See, things, times haven't changed. Just things have changed. There's still those Goliaths. There's still those Philistines that wants to defeat you. Jesus says, I come that you may have life and you may have it more abundant. That means victory. That means victorious life to overcome those things you're faced with. Father, you've seen all the hands and the hearts that was raised here this morning. And Lord, you know what individuals are going through today. And Lord, I just pray that today that Your Holy Spirit may come and just manifest Himself to each and every individual and remind them, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll stick closer to you than a brother. And what happened to David is not just some fairy tale, but this really happened. And the same God that was with David is the same God that is with you today. And the same God that gave David that ability is the same God that gives us the ability. And so, Father, we claim that victory Give us courage. Give us confidence. And oh, dear God, help me to commit my ways to your ways. And that my life will bring glory and honor to you. Thank you now for hearing my prayer. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bad news and good news. Bad news is, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have His presence. You don't have His power. You don't have His victory. The good news is, you can. And if you're here today that, and you've never experienced of trusting Christ as your Savior, maybe God allowed you to come in and experience this very thing just to bring to you your need of Him as a Savior. I want to invite you to come. 
But all those that raise their hand, I'm going to encourage you. Come and gather around an altar and just spend some time with the Lord. And just to express yourself to Him and to be reminded of the truth that God has given to us in His precious Word.